Father, we thank you today for all of your love, all of your power, all of your everything. We thank you, Lord, that you bring us to this point in our service, that we're allowed to move forward, to share in the word that you have given us. Father, thank you for giving us this confidence of knowing you are God on the mountain, you are God in the valley. At all points, in all situations, you are still God, and we are thankful. We make this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus, and all those who agree with the prayer say it. Amen. 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 What, uh, wow, wow. I'm going to have a tough time getting started today. I know that. I could feel it already. But God is good. God is good. Listen, this series that we began last week, we're going to continue this week. It's entitled Living Above Your Fears. You know, as we sang in the songs today, the message is, is very, very clear. But on our everyday living, this is what's important. Again, we talked about paradigm shift last week. I want to retouch it again this week. This service that we're having right now, we, the church, came to this service. We, you that are online, you that are at home, you that are wherever you are, we are gathered together in a service. We are the church. Now, the reason that we're here is to get re-energized, to get redirected. If we've been having problems, if we've been down in the valley for a long time, the words that you hear today, the songs that you've heard today, the message that you receive today will help lift you up. But here's what I need you to know. He is God on the mountaintop when things are easy, but he's also God in the valley when things are tough. When there's trials and tribulations, it's the same God. And we have to really get that. God has not run off and left us because times are tough. He's still God. And I'm thankful for that. And you should be too. So let's learn a little bit more today about how to live above our fears. I got a little statement here. It says, the antidote to worldly fear is the fear or awe of God. I'm going to read it one more time. The antidote to worldly fear is the fear or awe of God. I don't know about you. Um, my wife and I changed our carrier for our TV and our phones. So in the midst of this transformation, they kind of cut everything off. So you can't really watch much TV or anything. And um, so we were really narrowed down to like two or three TV stations. And they were all, both of them, all of them were news. At least the thing they call news. Why they call it news, I have no idea. But it was on. So by time it was over, we turned the TV off because I couldn't take anymore. I couldn't take anymore. It was murder, death, kill, murder, death, kill, murder, death, kill, robbery, robbery, death, kill, murder. I mean, it was just the same thing over and over and over again. So if you let that framework if you let that vision enter into your mind, that worldly concept creates fear. 
It creates fear. And now when you add to it that there are people who are making statements, we now have the Internet. We now have like this 365-day-year kind of information flow where any kind of idiot known to mankind can get on there and give their opinion about particular situations. It is crazy. So here's what I need you to know. He's still God. He's still God. His plan still works. He has not abandoned us. He promised he would never leave us nor forsake us. And God cannot lie. So how do I manage this thing? When fear bombards my ears and my eyes and and that's all I hear. And people want me to see things in a different way. I got to go back to the Bible. I have to go back to this awe. Of God, this incredible reverence of a God who is incredible. I mean, incredible. So think about this. Sleep is the cousin of death. I want you to understand this today. Sleep is the cousin of death. So when you are asleep, the world goes around, stuff happens, you don't know anything about it because you might as well just be dead. Now, some of us believe that the alarm clock wakes us up. No, alarm clocks go off in everybody's house sometimes, and sometimes folks don't get up. God got you up this morning. As my grandmama used to say, God got you up, and he got you up in your right mind this morning. So here's what I need you to understand. It's an incredible miracle for you to be here right now, to hear me, to be watching this particular program, to be hearing this particular program. That's an incredible miracle we need to be thankful for. So if we can start our day off being in awe of who this God is and how magnificent he is. Think about this. At nighttime, there are stars in the sky. We can't even begin to count them all. There's the moon, there's the sun, there's these planets. If the sun was three degrees hotter than it is right now, we'd burn up. If it was three degrees colder than it is right now, we'd freeze. How magnificent is God that he would orchestrate this thing? So when we hear crazy stuff, let's take a moment and go back to the awe of God, the reverence. Of this God who was above all things. Who was so magnificent. See sometimes we forget. That breathing. Is not our right. Breathing is a blessing from God. Does anybody hear me today? So as we begin to do this. It's the antidote to fear. It is. To understand who God is. So I'm going to go back. Because we began to read Psalms chapter 33 last week. I didn't get a chance to finish. So I want to go back this week and finish that out. So we're going to go to Psalms chapter 33. In the Amplified Translation. And we're going to begin to read it. Verse number 13. Now I did read verse 13 last week. But it only makes sense that I start back there again this week. Because it wouldn't make sense if I didn't start there. Alright. Praise the Lord. Y'all ready? Let's do this thing. Uh, The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the sons of man. I'm moved. God is still in heaven, isn't he? I don't care how crazy things get. Nobody is able to pull his throne from heaven. Nobody is able to overcome his throne. 
He still looks down on us. Why does he look down on us? Because when he originally created his kingdom in the earth, he was in love with man and he still is. So it says from his dwelling place, he looks closely upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all. Who considers and understands all that they do. Now think about that. God says he knows the hairs on our head. So I don't care what man plans. I don't care how man plans to destroy. The earth is still here. If you go back historically and see through history, how many people have tried to do stuff and it all came to naught. It all ended without success. Think about this. Moses is at the Red Sea. He has about a million people that he's now responsible for leaving Egypt. And Pharaoh and the biggest, strongest, most mightiest army in the world at that time is coming after him. The chariots are bringing up so much dust that you can't even see when you look back. And the sound of these soldiers yelling and screaming as they're coming towards these people. And Moses is afraid. He doesn't know what to do. So he prays. Because right now he's in the valley. (laughs) His trials and tribulations. He's in the valley. And God tells him to do something strange. To take his staff and hit the water. And Moses does and the sea splits. And then an eastery wind comes and dries the land that the people can cross over on dry land. Now here's the part that's incredible. This army is driving. They're charging after Moses because they have confidence in their chariots, confidence in their swords, confidence in their spears, confidence in their fighting ability as an army. But when they get to the Red Sea and they begin to go down in the same direction that the people are going down, the water closes. Can I tell you something? Chariots don't work well in water. Spears don't work well in water. I've never seen a sword cut water. God will nullify all the plans of man that intend on causing his plan to stop. God's plan is always going to work. Wise preacher told me a long time ago, man plans and God plans. And God is the best of planners. Y'all still with me this morning? Praise the Lord. It says, the king is not saved by the great size of his army. A warrior is not rescued by his great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory. Nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Don't put your faith In things that will fail, put your faith in God who is above all things. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon those who fear him and worship him with awe-inspired reverence and obedience. I'm moved that a God would care about me. Would care about me 
who would create a situation that I could be reconciled to him. That I know his love for me flows now and nothing can stop that because the blood of Jesus has washed me clean. So any plans against me don't work. When God is for you, who can be against you? So here's what I need you to know. We've been studying the plans of man when we should be studying the eternity of what God has already done. We got people who know more about man than they do about God. And we need to fix that. God is above all things. Let me finish reading. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon those who fear him and worship him with awe-inspired reverence and obedience. On those who hope confidently in his compassion and loving kindness. To rescue their lives from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait expectantly for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For in him our heart rejoices. In him our heart rejoices. Because we trust, lean on, rely on, and are confident in his holy name. I've been in churches where we've sung songs. God reigns. God reigns. He is above all things. And then we go out the door. And we hear something and we think the world is coming to an end. Do we know what God's plan is? Yes. God said he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. Right? And Jesus is going to reign here on earth. And those who, uh, who have accepted him as Lord and Savior are going to reign with him. What's going to change that plan? I said, what's going to change that plan? Absolutely nothing. So what do we do? We want to get as many people in that plan as we possibly can. But you've got to believe it first. So they're hearing the same fear you do. You can't be subject to that fear. You must make sure they know there's a God who is greater than their fear. And he will ease their fear. He will give them his yoke, which is easy. He will give them his burden, which is light. That's what we need to share with people. But first, we have to get that ourselves. Let your steadfast loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us in proportion as we have hoped in you. You know, some people don't like the fact that God has loving kindness for us now. I had a guy tell me the other day, I don't like that grace. It's greasy grace. It's too easy. So I asked him, can you ask Jesus about that? Ask Jesus how easy it was or how easy it is. Why is this important? We're at that point, brothers and sisters, where we, the church, must remember who it is we serve. Whose child are we? We are the children of God. If we are his children, will he not protect us? Listen to me. You will run in front of a train for your child. And we're just human beings. God has already planned to protect us and keep us protected because we have eternity with him. So man's plans, the stuff we hear, the stuff we see, 
does not, it will not be successful. So don't be afraid. Live above those fears. Live on the realm that God has called you to. What does that mean? That means to be excited about living. Be excited about being a child of God. Can you imagine knocking on somebody's door and you look like you've been baptized in lemon juice? And we expect these people to go, oh, I'm so glad you're here today. No, they've been baptized in lemon juice. They already know what that sad look is. If you can't offer them something better than what they already have, what good are we? But we have to do this ourselves. We have to understand. See, the problem has been we made church a one-hour event where we come here and pour all of our energy and all of our time and all of our ministry gifts into that one-hour event. And then it was over. We'd walk out the doors thinking church was over. So we go back into society and we leave our spiritual gifts here. We leave our energy here. We leave everything here. And we go back out into society with nothing. We have to change that. We come here to be energized, to be renewed so we can go and give away our spiritual gifts out there where they're needed to go be the salt of the earth, to go be the light of the world. Is this making sense to you today? But the only way that can be is you've got to know I have victory. And if I have victory, then what is it that I fear? Jesus says he defeated them all. He marched them through the street, through the streets. Jesus was triumphant over them. That's what it says in Colossians. He was triumphant. So everything that will come against you, Jesus already defeated. Does that make sense to anybody today? That doesn't mean it's not going to be easy. It may be hard because being in the mountain or being in the valley, there's some struggling times. But as long as we can see God, as long as we can refer back to him, we'll be okay. Let's go to another verse. Let's go to Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one, we're going to read verse seven in the Amplified. The reverent fear of the Lord, that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome. I love that verse. I love that. Is God awesome? Ah, A-W-E is the first part of that. Some is the continuation of that. God is awesome. He's awesome. Okay, if he is that, and we understand that, then that understanding changes how we perceive things. Here's the kicker. When we were watching the news, because you know, we didn't have phones or TV, and I'm watching the news, I'm thinking to myself, not about me, because I'm no longer a victim. <laughs> To that stuff. But I thought about all the people that are. The people whose TVs were working. And they continue to watch the same stuff over and over and over again. Who then surround themselves with the same people who will tell them the same stuff over and over again. My heart breaks because you're being torn down. You're being wiped out. And you forget that God is your father and that he is above all things. Does this make sense? It says the reverent fear of the Lord, that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome, is the beginning and the preeminent part of knowledge. It's starting point and it's essence. 
But arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. We should always be willing to do what God tells us to do. So, let me make sure I can explain this to the best of my ability. You live in light. God rescued us from darkness. When we accepted Jesus Christ, we were transferred from the kingdom of light. I mean, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Light illuminates. It shines. It shares. Whenever you hit the light switch in darkness, it illuminates the room. The light shares itself everywhere there's darkness. We are the children of light. So our job is to share that light in society, to share it in our lives, to share it in our marriages, in our relationships, on our jobs, in our circle of influence. We are to share that light. This is vitally important right now because Satan is actively roaming around trying to devour somebody. But we have to make sure they know he doesn't have anything that can affect you other than to cause you fear. False evidence appearing real. And then when you react to that fear, then that fear will need an audience and you'll have to go find somebody else to share that fear with and find somebody that will support your fear. Before long, you got this mountain of fear that you're living in. And you got this choir of people who were supporting that fear. That's not the way it's supposed to be. We're almost done. Psalms chapter 23. Psalms chapter 23. Amplified. You've heard this before. As a matter of fact, you've heard the 23rd Psalm, right? It says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. I can stop right there. Is he your shepherd? Is he going to feed you? Not just literal food. Jesus said he is the bread of life. He said, if you eat this bread, you'll never hunger or thirst. He said, can you bring that back up, bro, please? He said, to feed, to guide. That means a guide brings you through a path. You don't know the way. The guide does know the way. So the guide leads you through. Your job is to follow the guide and to shield you, to protect you from the things you can't protect yourself from. How great is that? It says, I shall not want. I shall not. Next verse. Hmm. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. He refreshes and restores my soul life, my mind, my emotions, my feelings. He restores those things. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I 
fear no evil. I do what? I fear no evil. I fear no evil. Why? Because he's my shepherd. Because he protects me. He guides me. He keeps me safe. So when evil comes, he protects me from evil. His plan when we accept Jesus Christ is to do what? He said that we will live with him for how long? Forever. So obviously he must have a plan for forever to be a real time period. He must have a plan. So even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort and console me. So even when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not supposed to be afraid. You know, isn't this beautiful? I know some of you are going, I've heard this before. Well, then live like you heard it before. Live like it's something real. Because based on what we've seen so far, a lot of us are living like we've never heard this before. We're living like there's only fear left in the world. We're living like that's the only thing that's out there. That's the only thing that exists. And what do we do? You know, the verse in Psalms 33 said, you can't rely on the horse's strength. Gun sales have quadrupled in these last couple of years. We're putting faith in something that in water won't work. <laughs> I need us to understand what we're doing, why this is important. Is he your shepherd? Will he protect you? Will he guide you? Will he console you? Yes, even when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, you're passing through the valley. You're not building a house there. You're not going to stay there. You are passing through. We have to get this because it changes what we do, how we act, and how we interact with others. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I don't even have to figure out who my enemies are. He already did that. He prepared the table for me. My job is to do what? Sit at the table. I don't have to worry about who my enemies are because that's when we usually make the mistake. Because our enemies are not flesh and blood. Somebody say amen. So we spend time trying to figure out who our enemies are. We forget about sitting at the table. He said, sit at the table, I will protect you. I'll make the table right in front of your enemies, which means he will take care of us. Let me finish reading this thing. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy... And unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence 
of the Lord. Nobody is big and bad enough to kick that door in and get to you. Nobody can break into this place and rob us of what God has prepared. So how do we do this? Please, in the name of Jesus, study God more than you study fear. Study what God has done more than you worry about what man is doing. One more verse and we'll call it a day today. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Amplified translation. When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea. So that the boat was being covered by the waves. But Jesus was sleeping. They followed Jesus onto the boat. I want you to get it. They followed Jesus on to the boat. (laughs) But even in his presence, the storm caused fear to come upon them. Right? I mean, if big waves are coming, I'd have some concern as well. But who's on the boat? So I need to take my eyes off of the waves and put them back on Jesus who has proven to me time and time and time and time again that he is in control of the waves, that the wind and the storms will obey his name, will obey his voice. Time and time again has not God saved you, brought you through some most incredible, horrible situations. Has he not done that? They followed him on the boat. The waves came. Let's read what else happened. And the disciples went and woke him because he was sleeping, saying, Lord, save us. We are going to do what? Die. I don't know about you, but right now we're looking for saving from all kinds of crazy situations in different directions instead of going to God. If He saved you already when you accepted him. Are you saved? I said, are you saved? You have salvation. How long do you have it? Eternally. So hear me. The word of God says, do not fear the person who can kill the body. It says, but fear the person who can kill the body as well as the spirit. God got you. He's got you. I said, he's got you. So I need you to get this today. You're not going to die. Because fear is false evidence appearing real. They want you to be so afraid. I'm almost finished. He said to them, why are you afraid? (laughs) Wouldn't it be incredible? If we heard that voice later on the night and when we were getting ready for bed and we've watched the last seven hours of the news and, and, and we're scared and we got all kind of things going on and a voice enters into your bedroom going, why are you afraid? You'd really be scared then, wouldn't you? <laughs> but why, why are you afraid? What is it that you heard that causes you to have a lack in what is in your B-I-B-L-E? And what God promised you. 
Or maybe we really don't know what God promised us. Or maybe we really don't have faith in what God promised us. So Jesus asked him, why are you afraid? Why is he asking them that? Because I, he is with them. These people have followed him and seen him heal the lame, take care of deafness, bring people back from death, do all these manners of things. They've seen that. He said to them, why are you afraid? You men of little what? Faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was at once a great and wonderful calm, a perfect peacefulness. The men wondered in amazement, saying, what kind of man is this? So my question to you today is, what kind of man is he to you? What is it that you have faith in? Who is it that you have faith in? Do you believe that Jesus is a little weak and maybe, just maybe, man can change God's plan? It has, it has not ever happened. Every event recorded in the B-I-B-L-E, war after war, king after king, people who have tried to do stuff to alter God's plan, it never works. God doesn't lose. And we don't lose when we keep our faith in him. We're almost finished. The men wondered in amazement, saying, what kind of man is this that even the winds... And the sea, obey him. Do you believe he has power over all things? Do you believe that he is your savior? Do you believe you're saved? So I'm going to ask you to do something as we close today. You're going to have to untangle some things that we have attached. (laughs) That cause us to have incredible fear. I'm going to say this. Hopefully y'all don't get mad at me. And hopefully I'll be back next week. (laughs) I love. The United States of America. I love my flag. But I will always keep those things separated. Right now we have people who have confused the flag with the church. And they're not the same entity. The church is not governed by any flag. I need you to hear me today. The church is not governed by any flag because God's children live under every flag that flies on the planet Earth. So you can never subjugate yourself to deny your Christian brother and sister because they live under a different flag than we do. Second thing, the future of America is actually predicated on us children of God. It says blessed. We read this last week. Blessed, fortunate, and prosperous is the nation whose God is the Lord. 
Is God the Lord of us? Yes. Where do I live? In America. What I need to do is make sure I have more Americans going to God first so we can be prosperous and fortunate. But I need us to do that for real. Because God's word will tell us we're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to care for each other. We're supposed to take care of the homeless. We're supposed to clothe those who don't have clothes. We're supposed to visit the people that are in jail. We're supposed to take care of those who are lost. We're supposed to do that. That's what we are supposed to do. That's how a country is prosperous and fortunate because we obey what God says. I hope you're understanding me today. I don't need anybody sending me an email trying to tell me I'm, uh, I'm un-American because you've never walked in my shoes. You don't know how much I love this place. But guess who I love even more? God Almighty. I will always follow God because God will always take care of me. I pray, God, this is making sense to you today. I need you to do something. Quit fearing what's happening in the world. Remember who your God is. You going to get on the boat? Then know who you got on the boat with. If you're going to come into this faith, know who you came in this faith with. Know who your God is. Know who died for you. Know who shed his blood for you. Understand those things and then stand firm on those truths and then help other people stand firm on those truths. Don't spread fear. Learn to live above your fears. I love this stuff, man. And I pray, God, I'm making it simple and understandable to you so we can begin to escape from the clutches of Satan. I thank you for hanging out with us today. We really appreciate you. Do me a favor. Those songs we sang, God on the mountain and through it all. Look them up on the internet. Get the verses from those songs. Write them down. Put them on your refrigerator. Put them on your bathroom window. Go over those particular verses. As, I mean, those songs as well as these verses that we share today. God is incredible. <laughs> Words cannot even give us enough to express just how incredible he is. Let's pray. Father, thank you for blessing us today. Thank you for the insight you have given to us. Father, we pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you will bless us to see you as shepherd. To see you as always protecting, always guiding, always nudging, always pushing us forward to the higher calling that is in Christ. Father, thank you for this incredible love. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say it. Amen. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you next week, brothers and sisters.